the scoreline when you looked at it like looks like a hammering. And it was a hammering though. They scored 28 points in about three minutes and we couldn't stop them. You know, okay, so it was a hammering. But there's there's different levels of hammerings here. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. It's uh, very, very rare that we get the opportunity to be excited uh, giddy I would say in advance of a game against New Zealand normally we're like oh, what's going to happen here but like for once in our lives we get to go into it on a relatively equal footing yeah well I'd say we go in on the on the front foot um, I think we've earned we've earned that right Wouldn't, not necessarily talking about being favourites or anything but I think we get to go in on the front foot I think another way of looking at this very few times the last week in a season on a tour have um, Ireland ever been um, in a place where they can, you can actually sit back and say you can actually enjoy it. And probably the last time was that tour in South Africa, uh, going into that third third week of the the tour, uh, where they won down in South Africa. So, um, yeah, a lot to be excited about. Uh, there are obviously some little caveats to what's happened in that uh, New Zealand have a much stronger team who we expect to be on the field for the entire duration of the game. It, it's unlikely they're going to take off their best player uh, uh, on purpose this time. And uh, their world-renowned, World Cup-winning second-row partnership are back, which improves the back row and the balance of the back row. So it will be a very different challenge that Ireland face. But won't you feel like maybe we can think our way through this time? Yeah, like pressure is a brutal, uh, a brutal mistress. Like New Zealand are under, like there's never been this amount of pressure on a New Zealand team. I mean the wider team, including the the coaching team. And if you if you tell me they're you know they're immune to this, absolutely they aren't. Um, you know they've they picked Nepo uh, Laulala. I hope I got that right. They, he's come in to try and uh, shore up the scrum. Uh, Whitelock comes back in. Um, they made a change at twelve, trying to get another playmaker into the uh, into, into the back line. So they're responding directly to what Ireland have done, and that's probably the first time. Second time we've actually ever said that. Um, I think the fir- first time was after Soldier Fields when they came to the Aviva and they literally forgot their rugby boots and just brought their boxing gloves. Um, so, yeah, like they, they will unlikely um, be down to 12 or, or 13 men uh, at any stage this weekend. Isn't it funny, Jakob Piper was the referee that night uh, in Lansdowne Road when Robbie Henshaw got knocked out and a couple of other players were like clearly uh, the victims of red card tackles and he didn't send them off. And he almost did his very best not to send anybody off last week, but he was absolutely forced to. Uh, but it was under intense pain and scrutiny that he did it. Which brings me to the whole Wayne Barnes issue. Like, uh, Leinster recently, bad experience with Wayne Barnes. Uh, in some ways, it's good to have that warning in advance of a game like this because they know pretty much what the rules of engagement are going to be in advance. Is that in some way, can the, can the Leinster players draw on that in a positive way? Yeah, like I, I think you, a referee like Wayne Barnes is going to respond to the team that gives them the best pictures. And you talk about this thing of the, you know, that you paint the picture for the, for, for, the, for the referee. You know, he is going to look at rook entry, mall entry, all those little bits um, early in the game, and you know that is going to form his view of, of on, on how things go. But I think what's more fundamental to that is the the ability to, for either team to uh, monopolize or even just to get their own possession. So you know, White looks going to come back in. So what what's New Zealand's preference? What's Ireland's preference? Do they go after the New Zealand line out like they did last week and try and 
upset them at source, which will naturally feed into Ireland being able to target their uh, their breakdown, or do Ireland just concentrate on their on their job? Because um, they uh, they were incredible in the you know in the kick to kick to regather space and just fielding kicks and their own their own ability to create set piece. Um, I think that's probably more fundamental than those things the 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 bits where the referees really kind of stamp their. Um, mark on the game because they'll be a natural byproduct of how the uh, set piece is, is is won i i totally accept that if 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 we in any way lacks with our kicking as we were a little bit in the first game the the tries just kind of they accumulated really quickly there was that kind of um monsoon of tries that they scored in that eight minute period i do wonder about the breakdown though because um there was an issue clearly at the end of that first game where andy farrell came out and talked about the depth of the breakdown and essentially saying what the hell are the rules here lads because we we certainly we haven't played this recently um New Zealand are apparently a little bit like that. The, the stats would show that they do like an owl tackle beyond the line of the rook. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's 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 borderline. Sorry, I wrote in my uh, in the in my column the Irish Times about them being cynical at that, and I don't mean cynical in the way you're Richie McCall and you're going in and you're deliberately slowing a ball down because that's what a number seven does, and that's what the best player in the world is able to do, and is able to read rooks and rook speeds and referees and opposition, and he's just phenomenal at that. They were blatantly, cynically holding people into rooks at like random times, which were completely at odds with what was happening in the game. It was like they kind of focused to say, we need to take Irish defenders out of the defensive line. But they were doing it so blatantly, illegally and obvious that you're going, you can't not penalise that. And they will get penalised again if they do that again. If they if they hold guys, if they clean them past the rook, like whatever about coming in, you're Andrew Porter and you come in at an excellent body height and you hit a rook with your shoulder, you're going to take a step past. If you win that collision, you're going to take a step past that. That's not tackling somebody past the rook. Like New Zealand were taking two, three steps post rook and trying to drag somebody to the ground and then get up before them. It was it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It's. Uh it's planned. It's accidental. It's because they're under pressure. What? What? It's. It's like a. I thing. think it's. It. It feels like it's a little bit of everything, doesn't it? It's like it was like. Feels like it's one of those things that was said and said. We need to get them out of the defensive line. You know, we need to hit them, and then players are not getting the result, and then they're just following through. Do you know that's a bit? Like it's almost like your body's doing something, but your brain is like three seconds behind, going, "Oh no, don't do that." Oh, yeah, oh yeah, I've done it right. Oh, sugar, shouldn't have done that. Um, so it, I, I genuinely believe they're not particularly well coached, um, and that seems to be coming out in uh, in kind of in random little bits in their in in their play. That was one of the questions that got posed this week. Uh, would you rather have? The current coaching ticket all the way through to the World Cup, and so therefore they might need to, they might need to win this week. I think it might have been Brian Driscoll who posed the question uh, with Joe the other night, going, you know, do we do we actually play the long game here, rope it up them a little bit, lose this game, and then beat them in a World Cup quarter final when they still have the same coaching ticket, or do we beat them it's now and you come up against Scott Robertson and Joe Schmidt? It's like, oh no, I I would be I would be genuinely blown away if this coaching ticket is intact uh, by the end of summer. Um, I think Ireland have done. Um, we, we, we've created history um, and we will have forced a change in the New Zealand coaching ticket. So I think it's going to be it's going to be out of our out of our out of our control. Um, yeah, I can't see how he stays in his how he stays in his position. Like the he was under pressure coming into the series and none of the New Zealand media even genuine generally are accepted that we could possibly win on New Zealand soil. Um, 
I think there was watching one video clip where the only names they knew were Johnny Sexton and the Kiwi boys that were in the Irish team. Like they generally they don't know who Irish players are, but they do now, which is which is brilliant. Yeah, um, it, it, look, it is. It's been it's been a hugely important evolution, and I think the other thing that happened was that in the first game. And in the, the first Mary game, the team really struggled. But the coaching on Ireland's side seems to be so good that actually they're able to absorb lessons really quickly and then translate those. So they translated them for the, the first team. But I thought even slightly even more impressive was the fact that the scratch team they put out against the Marys all knew exactly what their role was supposed to be, all knew what their job was supposed to be, and were all fully tuned in to what the desire of the team is and the style of play is, that they were able to do that after a couple of weeks. That is very impressive, yeah. and it speaks to good coaching. Yeah, I think I think that is uh, that's a really good point, Chair. Uh, and it's something I'm really kind of passionate about, and it's kind of, I look back through my own career, and things that coaching is not about delivering a game plan. It's getting people to... To perform as well as they possibly can and that's what this Irish team and it's a, the main trust between these players and the coaching staff is it's phenomenal because I've been in I've been in teams where it's been a really good um say coach but the group hasn't been quite settled and hasn't been quite together and then I've been in a really strong group of players but then the coaching has been at odds to what the player has been very player-led and you get to a certain point and you kind of have you know various glass ceilings and you have a capacity there but these guys just are just shooting through that at, at regular points um and i think it's it's just it's phenomenal to see the way andy farrell talks about the, the players and the way they respond to him but then you continue that on to paul o'connell and like paul o'connell is the kind of guy when he was captain in camp he used to stay in the team room for chats with players but like there's one of the things that you can't um, scrape over or pass over is understanding people takes time and it takes energy. And these guys have obviously put that in and they know what is making them tick. Um, and obviously there's a ruthless element of sport into it and hard decisions and all those things go into it. But when you have trust between players and coaches, it's, you know, we're seeing it firsthand. It's great. Yeah. And, and fingers crossed that it manifests itself again this weekend. But the, the other thing that I just wanted to, to bring up um one of the guys from, uh, I think it's Rook and Rule, it's a Welsh rugby podcast, was like, oh, congratulations, Ireland, you picked a year out from the World Cup again. Well done. 3,000 <laughs> likes on Twitter and, you know, a, a dagger to our hearts. Let's face it. However, this time, yeah. fill me once, you know, shame on. But this time, I feel like it's different because we're not just playing the same game every week. We play a different game based on what the challenge is and what the opportunities are. Our players are playing with a, a freedom to think their way through and we've invested that time as you talked about in the coaching side of it please give me give me some comfort here Gordon yeah yeah no, I, I, listen that's been rattling around in my um, in my noodle as well it's you know it seems to be about 15 months out from, from a World Cup and we're second ranked team in the world history doesn't repeat itself but it certainly doesn't rhyme um, there, is a, there is a little bit about that I think one of the things that we didn't do in 2018 is we evolve how we played when we you know reached the summit of beating the All Blacks in uh, in, the, in the Aviva and we try to double down and you can understand that and you say listen it works it works we just have to do better stronger all that so you sound like a Daft Punk song um, but I think this coaching ticket is introspective enough and smart enough to know that they will have to evolve over the next um, over the next 12 to 15 months to uh, to get the best out of what out of the best of what we what uh, to get to get the best out of this group and to continue getting the best out of them because they're competitive. Like all you have to see, and there's a great and again, and you told me this balance. I'm talking about this balance in, in the team, and you look at the culture and the the quite clear 
leadership and you look at say Sexton is doing you look at what Peter Romani is doing um, and Henshaw um, there's, you know, there's some good really strong leadership in there so I'm sure they're going to make themselves heard to Andy Farrell that they want to keep this show on the road for as long as possible uh, The other thing I suppose is, is that like Farrell has institutional knowledge of being in this situation so far out from the World Cup and then the World Cup going really tits up so at least he's been there and seen firsthand going well okay we need to not do what we did the last time yeah like listen um, I'm quite sanguine about the World Cup and it's like a lot of a lot of rugby has to go out from there like you know you go back to 2007 you know we almost won a World Cup um, and then we imploded Sorry, we almost won a Six Nations, um, you know, save one try and we win a Six Nations uh, title and we pretty much, same group of players, imploded five months later. Um, it was it was one of the most bizarre things and we were trying to evolve at that time. We were trying to add a f- couple of uh, wrinkles to our play and it basically unwound everything we po- had done. So, listen, I think... They, we know there's calibre in players. We know there's a quality coaching ticket there. I think they have to find that path. And you know, you, me, and everybody, everyone else with a with a, with a microphone, and a pen, and paper will judge them incredibly harshly, uh, <laughs> retrospectively. And that's the thing. That, that that's the ball game. They are the the men in the arena, literally in this instance. And and like that, everybody who steps up to play for Ireland knows that there is a holy grail and one of the holy grails is obviously winning in New Zealand this team have done it so maybe this can be the crew who um, breaks the glass ceiling and reaches the semi-final and who knows what happens after that to, to go back to the game this weekend then um, if we are going to win it's going to be a different game from any either of the two games that we've played so far uh, how do we actually how do we treat this this one-off match is it like, is it different from what we've done? Do well, we just go about? Yeah, well, I think Ireland have Ireland have all the all the cards, don't they? Um, because the pressure isn't on them. Like, no matter what happens in this bar sixty point thumping, which is not going to happen. Um, Ireland are this successful tour for Ireland, so they get to double down. They can apply all the pressure for against uh, New Zealand. Um, we saw what happened with. Like Bowden Barrett is not a ten that can uh, that can manage a game uh, on the back foot. Now he can break a game open individually by just you know creating something out of nothing, an individual moment. But he's not a ten that can um, uh, can create create something off the back foot. I think it was Justin Marshall was on uh, on the on the on, on the show um, earlier talking about if New Zealand had a Johnny Sexton like player at ten. They'd be they'd be in a, a better uh, a better shape and uh, Bowden Barrett potentially at fifteen. Um, so I would see um, like I'm really interested to see how James Ryan's going to go now with Whitelock back because he really you know he stood all over the New Zealand second rows last weekend. He was he was absolutely immense. Um, and probably a frustration has been that it's getting those type of performances more regularly out of him and this is this is if he goes toe to toe with Whitelock and, and gets any sort of advantage that would be massive for Ireland so I think this is um, sorry try to try and answer your question I think Ireland are going to apply an awful lot of pressure and I think they will still look to strike um, but maybe not um, as much as they as they have done in other games because they don't need to applying pressure is far more valuable because they know they can defend these guys um, and I'd say they're just going to try 
try to try to push New Zealand into places, make them play in the area they don't want to play. Um, and the three or four scoring opportunities they they get, if they're any way effective with them, um, again, that heaps more pressure onto them. Um, and maybe they try for um, scoreboard pressure as well to try and compound everything. That, that's the one area maybe that we have um, lacked a little bit in terms of efficiency and red zone efficiency. The, the first day there was the two balls dropped over the line or maybe one of them wasn't and should have been a penalty try anyway, but then there were several uh, of our um, attempts held up by which stage the score got away. So maybe you know the, the analysis of those is a, it needs to be contextualised. Uh, last week we obviously didn't get a try that we should have when there was um, a penalty try and that would I think have changed the texture of the game, would have given us, mm. it, it could potentially have turned it into a blowout. So is that something that the team can work on specifically or is it just a question of maybe sometimes certain players like, like I think, Lowe being I a bit think, more calm? Yeah, I think the way they, they play, I think we the way this Irish team is, is playing, I think you have to accept uh, there will be not mad swings, but there will be swings and things like, you know, uh, Gibson Park, you know, the tap and go in the first test. You can't you can't have all his brilliance. Like he's not um, omnipotent, I suppose is the way I'm trying to say. He doesn't. He can't just pick the right moment every single time. There will be some bad decisions, and you have to back him with that and keep going. Same with same with all the kind of um, the the flair players that that, that Ireland have. Um, I guess this week it is about picking and choosing those moments. We don't have to be as um, as aggressive, and we have to go. We just need to keep the scoreboard ticking over because that in itself is going to. Um, is going to apply more pressure to New Zealand. And this is a, you know, backs to the wall game for them. We know how they're going to respond, but if they push that physical envelope and reading a really interesting thread on um, on Twitter about the sanctions around the high tackles, if you're willing to go high, and I mean around the sternum area, you are running the risk of red cards. I don't see New Zealand changing that. Um, and particularly the way Ireland play, um, I think there will be more cards this weekend, um, just purely because I don't think New Zealand can fix that um, in uh, in seven days. Yeah, very interesting to see the role of the referee, unfortunately, uh, deciding it, swinging it one way or the other. We hope that doesn't happen. It sounds like you're leaning towards an Irish win here. Is that what? Is that what you're? No, I like. Listen, I I, um, I stuck my neck out last week. I won't do it again. Um, and they look like a complete burk. Um, or, or genius? Who knows? It's thin line. Well, no, last week I looked like a complete. <laughs> I wasn't even, wasn't even close. To, oh, no, Ireland, will, New Zealand will do well on the second test. Um, I see a really, really good Irish performance, but this will be a very, very close match. Um, it's going to be cagey just purely from the way New Zealand are. Um, they're going to like their struggle is with themselves. Do they? Do they try? Do they? If they play a conservative game that plays right into Ireland's hands, if they try to attack and go all out against us and Ireland defends well. It plays into our hands. So I see a good performance from Ireland and very, very little in this, um, you know, two or three points, maybe four points um, either way. Easily one that Ireland can win if, and a tiny bit maybe spun in their favour. All right, I have a a terror. So as as diplomatically, you sat in the fence nicely. Avoid giving you a uh, giving you a prediction. A nice, comfy fence. I have a terror that Will Jordan um, back in the team. I just his performance in Dublin was like, wow, this guy's really good. And then back in the team uh, off the bench, they brought in they brought in David Havili as well, and you know they picked. um, I'm not even going to try his name at uh, the 23. The uh, the Aussie rule, yeah, the NRL guy who's come in like they're just going game breakers they need to flood uh, flood they've got two two playmakers now with Havili coming in and they've got they're just 
it looks like you know they they are trying to address the sins of last week very quickly. Hopefully they've overcorrected. Gordon, great to have you with us. Thanks a million for joining us this afternoon. That was brilliant. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks, rugby and off the ball is with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Set the alarm for eight o'clock to give yourself a five minute window. Kicks off at five past eight on Sky tomorrow morning, and we'll be talking about. Uh, the game in the immediate aftermath with Alan Quinlan on the Off The Ball channels. Make sure you subscribe to uh, youtube.com forward slash off the ball or you can get us on the app. Cheers. Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.